We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. What up, good folks? There's a lot going on in the world. So, you know, I'm glad that I can be able to check in with the homies tonight. Um, Black Hands Live. Charles, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here with you. It almost didn't work out, but it did. You know what I'm saying? We made it happen. And y'all can see I'm not in the, the normal location, but I like the location that I'm in. So I'm ready to rock this thing. And I'm happy for this special guest we got. Yeah. But how are you doing? I'm good, man. I, it's very. It's been a very, very busy month. Uh, very, very busy. So like we said last time, when Charles and Ray go on vacation, I just don't just I don't want to hear anything. But we, we went through hell and hot water to make tonight's show happen. So uh, I'm happy to be here, man. This 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 is my happy place. That's what's up, bro. Uh, so we do have a special guest tonight. We got uh, Dr. Robert Simmons. Last last week, I'm calling you Dr. Robert Williams, man. I don't know what was going on. Oh, <laughs> but Simmons, man, how how you doing, man? What's going on? Ah, uh, man, everything's love. DC, Northern Virginia. Uh, shout out to the homies in Detroit. Um, you know, I'm uh, suffering from withdrawal from our ten year old not being here. He's in Detroit with my mom, so. Uh, I actually had that moment of like, I don't have my homie here to to just hang out. So uh, I'm missing my little man, um, but uh, I'll see him in a couple of weeks face to face. So, uh, you know, he get his time with grandma. So everything is everything, brother. Everything is everything. Excited to be here with y'all. So that's what's that's what's up, man. We're excited to have you. Yeah. All right, Charles, man. First things first, man. You setting us up with this A through G conversation. And so uh, I, I want you to set it all up. I don't want to get nothing wrong. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So just for the folks that don't know, A through G um, is basically the requirements that one needs uh, in order to not just graduate from high school, but to actually qualify for college. Right. So if you do me a favor, Josh, give it the full screen. Just give the so so they can see it because the numbers are pretty small because I want to uh, go through this. Uh, Ray, tell me when it's the full screen. Uh, full screen. All right, cool. So this is how you would read this, right? So this is the number of black kids. When it says cohort of students, uh, and we got my other doctor partner and future doctor partner on, on this too, so they can jump in as well. Cohort of students in this case means how many black seniors there were in 2019 and, 20, and 2020 school year for that particular school. So let's look again at the most popular black school that has black people, which is Oakland Tech. Um, this school right here. If you read this, what this says is they had 127 black seniors that year. Out of that 127, 114 graduated, which is 90 percent. And it's in the paper and people talking about how we growing and stuff like that. But of those kids that are actually eligible for one of the largest university systems in the country, uh, out of 114 that graduated, only 60 had met the necessary A through G requirements. I am obsessed with this. Um, I, I've talked about my brother on the show before, but quick story for folks that don't get it. This is how energy converters got started. I was a year ahead of my, my best friend, went to Cal State Hayward. He up, on, he up on campus with me the whole senior, his whole senior year. So he living, you know what I'm saying? I got two brothers on here. He is enjoying himself on this campus. So he's like, bet, I want to come hit to this joint next year. Cool. 
the thing about California is if you got a 3.0 GPA cumulative, you are actually promised a spot in a CSU and your home CSU. So the one I went to was our home CSU. So he raised his grades up and did it, graduated with great grades, great GPA, but he didn't have the A through G classes met. Meaning like some of the classes he took, a lot of them didn't qualify for college or mm. he probably got a D in an English class and wasn't told that while a D is passing in high school, it's not, pa- it's, it, it's not recognized by the university. So instead of him coming to college with me, I graduated in 01, Rob. He graduated in 02, Ray. You know what happened in 01? 9-11 happened. So mm-hmm. my brother goes to the army. He does two tours in Iraq and then one in Afghanistan. And he's bang, bang unit, right? Like he's in it. Now, by the grace of God, he's fine. He's doing well. He's doing really, really well. And he's an amazing father. And my nephew is going off to the service. But the point is, is that he didn't know any of this stuff and didn't find out till he was trying to apply to college. So when you, so people fight to get their kids in schools like Oakland Tech. It's the most popular at 127. And out of 127 kids, man, only 60 of those kids graduated from that cohort, haven't met A through G. Let's look at another one. Um, and this, and we have it by charter, district, oh, or whatever. Wait, 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 wait. So the the most popular school, just to paint context for folks, the mm-hmm. most popular school is a traditional public school, correct? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Yeah. So so there are these big schools that 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 Oakland has always had just historically. Right. It's McClymouth, Oakland High, Oakland Tech, Fremont and Castlemont. Right. It's the big five. If you play sports, that's where you want to go. Like tech is where Leon Poe went. Marshawn Lynch. Like, you know, we we produce like ball players and stuff. Right. If they go into a public school. Um, so. When I was younger, it was Skyline was the most popular. Uh, and now it's tech. And that's where the white people put they, the, the white people that want to say they got their kid in a public school. That's where they put their kids. And, mm. and let's go to, you know, Skyline, which is next. They had 103, 85, right? 85 and 103 graduated, 88%, 83%. Out of 103 people, y'all, 39. 39 of those kids graduated being eligible uh, to go to so, um, so one of our UCs or, or CSUs. Yeah. No, you should. You should. Let's talk about it. But eligible does mm-hmm. not necessarily mean nope. that you it don't mean you're going to get in. So talk to us about that. Yeah. So basically, so there's a few different things. Right. So, you know, we used to have like uh, assessment tests when you were going to college and then they were trying to get rid of that. But I took that assessment and I was remedial everything. I was remedial math and English, mm-hmm. even though I graduated in the top. 5%, 10 percentile of my school, right? I had like a 383 when I graduated. I was AP everything and all that stuff, right? But yet and still, I had to do these six additional classes because I went to a quarter school. So that was three additional math classes and three additional English language arts classes. Oh, and guess what, Robert and Ray? I think you know this. That don't count towards like graduation credit. So nope. that's just six more classes that you pay for. Yeah. Um, so that's there's that. <laughs> so even in these numbers over here, like you were asking, Ray, that just means you eligible and that you qualify and you can apply, that you can finish the application. That don't mean that one, you're going to get in or two, if you do get in, that you're going to be ready. So, 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 so exactly. So if we, if this is looking dire in this place, just think what that number goes down to when you actually talk about those young people that are ready for that level. And then, you know, and we have these charter traditional words. Listen, man, I don't care what you choose. Right. Cause there are some traditional schools that got it going on too. Like yeah. met West out of, it's a small cohort, but yeah. they made sure that the cohort that does graduate, they did the thing that we call the dump the D. And basically what that is, is parents don't know the severity of a D in Oakland. It's worse to get a D than it is to get an F. Mm. Let me tell you why. When you get an F, you automatically qualify for summer school. 
when you get a D, Robert, you technically passed the class. Pass, pass. Yeah. So um, unless you got some clout or you know how to navigate yeah, or you navigate know how to put your kid in dual enrollment or something, yeah. you you just think your kid is all right, that, that my kid cool or whatever. So, but, but Charles, do people talk about because I, I didn't know any of this because I don't know a whole lot about the California system, but this A through G requirements thing, what does the community say? Like, like, because I you don't, I don't understand. understand. How can the community have a say? This is about, <laughs> about college readiness. This is more so. Well, and here's the thing, right? It's not really done. It's, it's done through the college board, right? So college board is like a national thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. colleges have to figure out a way to like work this stuff out, right? So for the most part, A through G itself is pretty simple. And if you know about it, you actually can get on top. It's, it's not, I've already, when I worked at, at, at as a youth worker and even as a social worker, I said, if you give me any kid in a freshman year, sophomore year, even a junior year, I can get them into college because it's actually not difficult to meet it, right? But the thing that the issue is, Robert, is that so many kids just don't know. So I talked to more than 2,200 Oakland students uh, the year before the pandemic of showing them this data from the previous year. And they were livid. You know what I'm saying? They were super upset at their principal, at their people. They're like, why wouldn't you tell us this? And our students came up and said, hey, we want a green, yellow and red indicator on our report cards and our transcripts like and make parents sign it. If it's if it's yellow, meaning I'm, I'm one or two classes behind. Make parents have to sign it so they know yeah, at yeah. least so it sparks it. And here's but but Robert, that ain't the biggest pushback, right? Because the A through G don't get that much pushback. Because and it's it's de- it's actually decent, right? It's these incompetent ass schools. But the yeah. bigger pushback, man, is like, bro, it's so <laughs> they they would say, well, everybody don't want to go to college. Yeah, that's not Joe. That's not our decision as a system. Oh, not at all. To that's make right. for people, we're some, and, and and you you saying that like all these schools like tech still got an engineering program, still got a mechanics program, still got a, a plumbing program. If we had a, a crazy vocational like arts program throughout the city, then maybe you can make that case. But you ain't. Yeah, we ain't yeah, building no Maytag men in 2021. You know what I'm saying? It'll be dope if we did, because you can make some really good money being a bonded plumber. You always going to need a plumber. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what, what kind of recession you in. That's that right. toilet clogs, you calling somebody. That's so right. this is what it looks like for black folks. I'm going to show y'all one more thing so I can stop taking up all your space, brother. But let's go to all Latino yeah. brothers. Yeah. Let's go to all Latino brothers. Yeah. So you got to. So, so wait. So. Oh, yeah, I got it by, by, by race, what, brother. This is what people don't understand about the work that you do, bro. And so I'm glad that we're here tonight and we can kind of highlight like how you how you step in for the community, right? So you have this broken down by by race in terms of like how, how black and brown kids are performing, right? Yeah. So how the how the Latino kids doing? This is brother, be really good. Comment. Oh my God. So Castlemont as of now, is the most popular school for Latino folks. Castlemont and Fremont, okay? And yeah. I see my sister Jamoke is in here. Get in them comments, Jamoke, because Jamoke and I did a lot of this work and looking at it together, and she can tell you how hard it was to get people to focus on this. Yeah. So at Castlemont, 91% of the Latino students are graduating, right? So 91 out of 184, that's 49%, which is terrible. Yeah. Off, mm-hmm. off its own. Of that 91, fam, yeah. only 40 of them are graduating A through G ready. Jeez. And these are not, and they'll say, okay, well, these are, you know, English language learners or whatnot. Some of them are, you know what I'm saying? Some of them are or whatnot, but it's not an excuse for, when you look at the number of English language learners and folks that have just been in our system and not getting what they deserve and what they need, it's abysmal, bro. And I should just but, do but the Charles, math right now. 40 out of 184. But Charles, here's the thing that's mind-blowing for me as someone who ran a charter 
that mm-hmm. was an alternative high school. Right above Castlemont, the Street Academy, which are young folks coming out of an alternative high school, they actually yeah. have a higher pass rate of, of this A, a through G thing. That's not brother. How's that I even mean, possible? That's not surprising. Listen, what do you mean? How's that not possible? Those what are they doing at Castlemont? You, you know what it is. You know that. You know what it is. The difference at Street Academy is that it's smaller, and you got some cats that's like, "Hey, fam, I got you," because yeah. I know what's waiting for you on these East Oakland streets, right. and that's how we're gonna do it. Let's look at Fremont High. Fremont is culturally like the, the like you know it, it's big to the Latino community culturally. Like this is a school that anytime there's a there's talk of a charter coming, yeah. Oh, Fremont they. They showing up and showing out. You feel me? Like this, it's gonna be an issue. Mm. So they had a cohort of 172 Latino folks. Yeah, 105 graduated, which is a big increase yep. uh, from the year prior. That's 61 out of 172 people, y'all. Do you know only 70 of these kids graduated having met A through G? And that's 67 percent. Like is a huge growth point for them. But let's look at this same school. Well, it's like, well, what they doing for the black kids? And maybe they doing better for the black kids. Well, they had 26 black boy, black kids. 21 graduated, 81 percent. Fam, 12. 12 of those kids graduated having met A through G. But then you look at Envision. 12 out of 21? 12 out of 21. Well, 12 out of 26, too, right? Like, this is the full cohort. This is who graduated. So, you know, the the UC AG rate. Where are those And we do it. Yes, all right, go ahead. Do you track those kids? Because, like, here's, here's another data point that I don't think we focus on a lot, right? It's like there's a push out factor in these schools, and that's not just in charter schools, it's in all schools. Oh, absolutely. And so, if you have have the opportunity to get some kids out, even if it shrinks the the amount of of students from the total cohort, if that's going to make your numbers look better in terms of the amount of kids that you're you're qualifying for A to G, you, you have incentive. Some folks that don't do this work right have incentive to now push those kids out in order to make that percentage higher. So is there a tracking method for the kids that get pushed out? Right. The tracking method is called faith and uh, good fortune, fam. Uh, I did my own as a student. Like I had to do it myself. Like I actually had I risk getting suspended because I had the wrong classes. I And this before you just had the Internet anywhere. I had to, like, get some Internet time or find the booklet and like I sat in my in my counselor's office and said, y'all gonna have to suspend me. This ain't right. This is not what's supposed but, to but happen. Charles, you I just, did said, you just said a key word around counselors. What are what are the counselors doing at these schools? You know what the counselors this, are doing. Why are you asking so, rhetorical? So, so I'm gonna tell you what the so when I became a social worker, I learned this, right? <laughs> counselors don't always listen to students, right? And they don't always listen to parents if they're not using the language. When I showed up as social worker, Charles, as somebody who has led parents through IEPs and we've threatened to sue and do stuff like that, oh, they move snappy, right? Like I've gotten so many classes changed for students and 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 makeup and recovery and AP classes and all that because of my authority. They respond to people that they think can hurt them. And some, and maybe some are just too busy and too packed or whatever. Uh, and uh, the other thing is a lot of kids not bringing it up because they just don't know to bring it up. So yeah. if you don't have a system that's going to alert people, like that's a real problem. And again, we got, we got Jamoke's in the comments, right? Like we have talked about this and tried to get this on people's radar. They don't show the A through G stuff in the newspaper. They just say congratulations to McClimas High School for having 93% like graduation rate. We are killing it. Look at these goals. And is this school choice in Oakland, Charles? It is choice. So then then the marketing machine and OUSD kicks up and then all of the black parents say like, oh, they graduating. So I'm going to send my baby to X school, even though 
we limit their options because they're not eligible. And this, and you just hit the point, Robert. What we've been training people to do at energy converters and just young people, I believe, listen, here's our framework and just whether it's talking about social justice, any of this stuff, navigation agency, right? Is awareness, navigation, and duty. Are kids more aware when they leave our program of the system that they're in? And even though that system is jacked up, and we know that they're responsible for navigating it. Do we, have we given them the schools to navigate this broken system? And have we instilled a sense of duty so they can inform other people around them or try to push the system or fix the system, but help their fellow man out? So I would get my fellow hoop players and be like, hey, yo, like, let's look at your transcript real quick, blood. Like, let's like take a look at it. Like, cause you can go play ball, but you gotta have this part right. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, you ain't even taking enough classes, right? These the classes they got you in ain't even A through G qualified classes you taking computer typing classes and that don't fit under nothing that ain't even fitting under you know what i'm saying under like electives and so when you look at it so like a school like envision that gets a lot of heat they had 34 black kids in that cohort 30 graduated it's a small school but guess what out of 30 that graduated all 30 had to have a through g hmm that's interesting hmm. right and american indian people can feel how they want about that school but to graduate you had to be on A through G. So the district, San Francisco and Oakland both said, we're going to make sure that A through G and high school graduation requirements are the same. Uh, but they didn't do the extra step of saying the, the distinction between a C and a D. You know what I'm saying? But these schools, and it's not just our charter schools, right? Like MetWest did it too. Uh, they said, look, we're going to treat that D like an F. We're going to, like when kids are on the verge of getting a D, we're going to talk to them and pull them aside and be like, this is what you need to do to pull up to a C. Or we're going to pull their parents in and be like, yo, if you got a D this semester, you got to get a B for the next semester so it can even out so we can pass you, you know, so you can have your A through G. So what I, what we've been training people to do, Robert and Ray, is learn, you can do this stuff on your own. All this stuff is public access. And when you're looking at a school, don't just say, what's the graduation rate for black kids? Say, out of these folks that are graduating, what's the A through G completion rate? And then we are starting Mm. to give this to parents in middle school so they can make better choices for their kids. I got a new wrinkle, bro. And I don't know if you want to take this work up, but it's a new wrinkle for you if you want to, you know, bring it under the energy uh, converter umbrella. So, you know, like when you leave a company, when you leave a company, um, regardless of however you leave, there should be an exit interview in terms of, like, you know, what are the dynamics that are taking place in that company? Um, How can we make things better from a practical standpoint as Mm -hmm. management? Right. And so my thing is this. If we could get those kids that are getting pushed out of these schools, that are going into other schools and do a quality control interview to find out what's going on in these schools, then we can start to solve problems in terms of like who's identifying one, who's pushing these kids out of the schools, right? We can get them the hell up out of here because there ain't no both sides of that. And two, we can get these kids what they need. Because right. I, I think that's the most important part of the conversation. I, I think you should. I think you're right. I think we do something similar. No, not me. Around. You. <laughs> well, well, what we do similarly, right, is, but that's, that, that is part of our agency work, right? So yeah. part of our agency work is understanding what quality is 
and where you fall on the list of whether you're getting that or not. Uh, and then knowing what to do next after that happens. So, you know, all of our young people learn how to do blogs on their own. We've published over 100 different blogs where kids are talking about their experiences. Now we're expanding our work into being around more. Not, I'm not energy versus and just students. It's the end users of education, which is students, their families and the community. So uh, I, I think that that interviewing process is definitely part of it. Uh, now, that's not going to be work that we can just take up because we got a plan and I don't have those resources to fully mission creep like that. But I do think it's important. And I think that people should you got to again, I'm sick of like I was a y'all heard about Ebonics, right? Yeah, I was in the cohort testing Ebonics. I was at Westlake Junior High School in Oakland. Ebonics is an Oakland thing. And I was one of the kids pulled out and in those groups about it. And guess what? It got bad press and all this stuff. And then it just went away. These, I was living in a shelter at the time. Kids didn't get nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we, our classes got disrupted. We did these focus groups and all that stuff. So I'm all for policy changes and things like that. But black and brown and poor people usually don't, they might get it across the finish line, but they don't always get to reap those benefits. Mm-hmm. So agency asked the question, so what about Monday morning? Like, what are these kids getting now? So if you do a project with energy converters, you're going to get a stipend or something. You're going to have something in your in your toolkit. You know what I'm saying? And so I, this just makes me excited more about the conversation that we're going to have today, because uh, I know there are some other issues. I don't fully get caught in all the minutia and who's friends today and who's not. I don't care about none of you motherfuckers. Excuse my language, right? Hey, you, you know we're not supposed to do this, man. Oh, I'm sorry. But well, y'all not supposed to do it, but it's, this is my safe space. My bad. Bleep, bleep, bleep me out, one listener. But let me be very clear. I don't, listen, Kendi is not my homie, and these crazy white ring, white ring people that saying all kind of wild stuff, like CRT gonna kidnap your baby at night. All, I don't like, I'm not rocking with none of y'all. I'm rocking with what I do and how I'm preparing kids. And I don't want kids to rock with who I rock with. I want kids to be able to discern for themselves on what they need, whether it's a different type of school, whether it's a supplementary program after school, because it wasn't my school, it was the boys club that did it for me or my basketball team. Right. And just like, I just want us to, they don't like free Negroes. They like they free, they like they Negroes begging or dead. And I don't want to be neither one of those. I feel it, bro. Uh, all right, so let's get a let's Robert. Get... It's very good to be on with you today, brother. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that, B. Nah, man, you good, bro. Right, so you're let's good. get a, a a working definition of uh of both siding, right? Okay. And so we we see this a lot, right? So so um I saw one that was pretty spot on. Um, okay, so uh, both both sidism turn up in critiques of news media when a journalist or a pundit seems to give extra credence to a cause, action, or idea that is on surface seems objectionable, uh, thereby establishing a sort of moral equivalence that allows said cause, action, or idea to be weighed serious. And so when I'm thinking about both side, both both siderisms, right? Like you can't be a halfway racist. You can't be partially racist. You can't even be a little bit racist because if you're a little bit racist, you fucking racist. So how do we ha- how do we how do we have this conversation with like these people that are that are that, that want to be on both sides of, of of this argument in terms of like how we do things in and education? You, you're from Covington, right? I am. <laughs> Come on, brother. <laughs> throw that to Robert. Throw, throw it to the to the Detroit cat, that that up north cat. Yeah, hey, man. They got both sides of this in uh, Detroit too. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's all over the place. I, 
Man, look, the both side both sides thing drives me nuts. Like it's one of them things that frustrates me beyond belief because again, those same people think that they're being your ally and they will put up their sign and say Black Lives Matter, but yet what they write, the policies that they are neutral on in many ways have the potential to uh, destroy black and brown lives. And um, I, I mean, there, there was a story and I won't get too far into it uh, too far ahead of things, but there was a story about a teacher getting fired. Um, I don't know if it was this week or whenever it was. It's the Nashville, no, one of the t- uh, Tennessee teachers. Tennessee. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. And, um, and, all, and he was actually following the curriculum because it was like a complex issues class. And the complex issue that I think the students had to talk about was like white privilege or something like that. And and he still got fired. And the superintendent's response is like, it's, it's so interesting because he played, he tried to play both sides. Well, I support the teacher and it fits inside of the curriculum, but dot, dot, dot. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What what you mean? So it's it's a it's as the sister said right there, both siders are everywhere. And Detroit, Covington, Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be a little bit pregnant. Like either it is or you ain't. Like ain't yeah. nothing to it. You know what I'm saying? So I mean Well, you know, I I not I want to jump in there with you, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is uh, you know, I know that <laughs> that Ray is really juiced about this one. I know he's hosted. And the thing about it is when Ray is really dedicated host, he don't really answer. And he's, I'm not as like, I'm with you. I'm here. So let me, I'm going to host this little segment and I'm going to ask y'all questions. Ray, why are we talking about both siderism? Uh, I feel like somebody got something to get off their chest and brother, this floor is yours. You, you brother, and, and there might be cursing people. So for the sensitive ears, work that out amongst yourself. Uh, Ray, why are we discussing both siderism and, and, and why does this issue have you perturbed at the moment? Bro, I mean, <laughs> anytime, anytime he start with, I mean, and it's like, look, look, oh, look, you know listen, I, I, you, you take hey. the host of reins back as soon, whenever you want to, but I got you for right hey. now. So go ahead, brother. Hey, that's the Mark Lamont Hill part. <laughs> Bro, listen, man. Hey, so so we have we have um because I want I want to make sure that I, I approach this in a manner that's appropriate, right? And so there's a couple different uh avenues that I want to go down, right? So it took some heat. Uh Randy Weingarten, uh union president, um has, has been on one side not doing both sides in terms of like her argument with uh, critical race theory, right? And so I understand the the, the perils and, and, and all the things that come with, with Randy Weingarten and, and just education writ large. But for this issue right here, since we're talking about critical race theory, uh, our interests converge. And so since our interests converge on this one very issue, I'm going to ride with her. I'm going to cut her clips. I'm going to, I'm going to ride the grave, the union gravy train, right? Until it gets me what I want it to get me. 
Then after that, we can go right back to being enemies and doing everything that we were doing prior to. But right now, she puts us in the best light to have success with an issue that we need to have success with, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at with the with with, with, with the Ray perspective. Ray. I, I appreciate Brother Raymond. I appreciate. <laughs> let me hold this. I appreciate Brother Raymond. Can I get Ray Ray? I need Ray Ray from the South, not not S O U T H S O U F. That grew up in this stuff. Well, this is what happened, people. Let's just if we're gonna do this shit, let's do it. Ray Ray put something up. And then this big, like, Ed Reform cat, this white dude that sometimes loves Ray and sometimes don't, quote tweets him, quote retweets him, and is like, I knew it was only going to be a moment, basically, before these black, basically for these black reformers jumped from side to side, to which Ray was like, I only respond when people at me. And then we doing the show on this today. So, Ray... Listen, listen, when Reef and Chris ain't here, you know what I'm saying? We let's do it, brother. This is this the other side of Freedom Fridays. This is this is this is this is Hood Sundays. Hey, so so yeah, you're right. And so and so I, I mean I don't want to call dude's name out because yo, his numbers is down and nobody's responding to him or whatever. So like I don't want to call him Bobby him. P. That's yeah, Bobby P. I, I, oh, I don't want to give him that. I don't want to give him that energy, right? Bobby P. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um man, it's like yo, I, I was I was I was coined as a, a uh what did he say? Oh, an anti-racist reformer. So like if I'm an anti-racist reformer, the dude, what the fuck are you? A racist reformer? Like, what's happening here? Like, and that's what I'm saying with the both sides of it, right? Like, I'm okay with being anti-racist, right? Because I I but the, the double negative is when you're anti-anti-racist. That means you're a fucking racist. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm good with where I'm at. Like, I'm I'm all right with you know, I'm I'm very comfortable in my seat. Um, but yeah, man, but, but, and so here, but here's the thing though. I don't want to be on that side. I'm good with being on my side and I'm good with us understanding that we are no longer on each other's side because you did what you did. Right. So like our interests are not, we're we're not, there's no convergence in interest right now. I have no interest in being with a racist or or identifying with, with those folks or whatever. I don't give a shit of you for school choice. I'd rather put my kids in public school. If that's what school choice is going to represent, in my opinion, that's where I'm at. That's my energy. Right. Charter schools are public schools, but I got you. Uh, yeah, you so, know. <laughs> I got you. So, so, so we got Ray Ray. I'm holding the mic when I'm talking to Ray Ray. So, so uh, <laughs> Brother Simmons, Doctor yeah. Doctor S. So basically, what happened was, um, <laughs> you know, we there's this crossfire. There's been this. It's been happening for a while. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I definitely call him Bobby P. Uh, <laughs> there's this crossfire, right? And there are people that's on you know, this pro-union side or whatever, that's like, oh, these people are racist and they hate you and da-da-da-da-da, even though unions were born out of racism. And then there's this air reform side that's like, oh, well, you should just be about this. This thing comes before race and race isn't as big of an issue. And here's the thing, yo. And, and, and well, Robert, before I give my thought, let me let you, you know, uh, you came on at the behest of our boy, uh, you know, Ray Ray needs us right now. And Ray Ray, we got your back in these streets, brother, Twitter or otherwise. <laughs> homie. Uh, what's your, what's your thoughts though? Uh, off of what Ray just said, uh, I mean, I think for me, Ray, Ray knows what my angst was because I shared it on Twitter. Right. And there was an article put out, uh, by a superintendent 
that was well-meaning, mm. right? Like, I don't think, and, I, and one of the things that I've learned over time is that two things can be true mm-hmm. at the same time, right? So on the one hand, to have this white superintendent stand up in this article and name that we need to teach the history in a very factual way, right? Like, all right, fair enough. I was lukewarm to that. But then there was a line in this article that says essentially that the heat on this conversation about CRT and education has has to simmer on both sides. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, wait a minute, you mean the side that is just like, we just want to teach history truthfully? Like, what, what, what are the two sides here? Like, what are you talking about? So I was super disappointed that this actually happened. And I literally started writing an op-ed, like, and it, it was just heated. Had my Jay-Z on, mixed with a little Kendrick Lamar and Dead Prez, just like banging it out. But I had to pause because I wanted to make sure I wasn't, just overreacting. But it was it was fascinating because he was playing both sides. And if you follow the media attention on this article, every single person that supported this both sides argument was white. Every single person. You better and say. Then, and then there was feedback in the Twitter feed about this article that was from a couple of black folks that were like, yo, what? What do you mean both sides of this conversation need to dial it back? Like there's only one side to this conversation because the people who, who teach in history from a factual perspective, we we've been doing that like that ain't that ain't new shit. But all of a sudden you got this other side that's just all up in arms about CRT and like all this other stuff. And so that's what brought me into it where I just was so annoyed um, and I, and again, I, I don't I think that the superintendent meant well, mm-hmm. right? Maybe I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't know him, right? So I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. But I also think that he's leading a school district in a part of the South where he could actually be an influential voice as a white superintendent who was actually the state superintendent of the year several years ago. But instead, he uses. That ain't his fault. Yeah. So anyway, so that's yeah, my whole side. Yeah, right, bro, when you in, well, in, in, in the superintendency, bro, the goal is to get your contract renewed. That's the goal, and so you're mm-hmm. you're gonna do you're gonna do the least amount to get the 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 highest result, right? And that's what that's what a lot of these superintendents do, and and, and, and bro. That's that's not even just white superintendents. That's black superintendents too. Like you, don't see, you don't see you don't see uh, these these black superintendents out here beating their chest, talking about they pro CRT or whatever. They they sitting mm-hmm. on their hands right now, right? You got you got a, 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 a couple that are, that are out, you know, it, because they they're in. If you if you're in a, a, a I don't want to offend people. If you're if you're in urban America and you're a superintendent in a city that's predominantly African American, then you kind of got the reins to be able to be like, hey, I'm pro critical race theory. I'm pro this. I'm pro that or whatever, even though it's not being taught in schools, right? Real talk. Um, 
But if you're if you're if you're white, you just you know it's all about self preservation, and that's why I'm starting to hate education. I'm starting to hate K twelve. I'm about to make my moves to higher ed. But anyway, uh, Come on, you know, brother, you're watching your own shit there. But uh, it's just it's, it's it's shit everywhere, fam. So, <laughs> hey, whatever. I'm gonna hold this microphone today. Listen, man. Uh, listen, I, I agree with everything y'all said. But one, number one, black people, you are on your own. Okay, like, and if you expect people to be riding with you through you for throughout thick and thin, you're setting yourself up for failure already. Like, we, and, and, and I don't, I will never talk about our, our private conversations that we have in planning and stuff. I've not been, I've not been surprised by any of these stories from any of these people. It's just, and here's the thing. I don't expect it though. You feel me? Like I used to live in Kentucky. I used to live in Paducah, Kentucky, man. And that's what I was, that's what I said to Ray. I was like, Ray, you used to live in Covington, bro. You used to live in Covington, Louisiana. And our, our homie in the North lives in Detroit, bro. Like the place that they, white people let down town die because Negroes was living there. You understand what I'm saying? So this is what I do understand. Robert said it earlier. Dr. Rob, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm calling you by your name like that, brother. But no, you good, man. Who, who, like somebody, y'all said it and somebody, everybody in the comments was saying it. Two things can be true at once. Listen, if a crackhead tells me that it's going to rain outside and it's cloudy, I'm not going to not think it's going to rain because it's a crackhead. Shit is still true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if Bobby P say some shit that's true, I'ma say, yeah, that's true. If Randy Weingarten, who I had, I don't Randy Weingarten don't want to have no coffee with me. <laughs> but if she say something that's true, even if she is pandering or trying to backpedal and make it seem like she was trying to open up schools when we know she wasn't or whatever, yeah. I'm not gonna say it's not true because right. she because I cause because I don't like we ain't friends. I'm not friends with none of these people. See, that's the thing. Black people are a spiritual people. Brown people are a spiritual people. They like to have connections. They like to feel a warmth around the people that they work with. But guess what, fam? You don't need no fucking feelings from the red light. You just need it to turn red when the other light is green. That's it. And and if you take out the human element, right, like Robert and Ray was saying, oh, I'm on one tonight. (laughs) If you take out the human element, right, be prepared for the humans to go. And what that means is... If you say, don't alter anything, don't add these extra elements, these extra twists or whatever, all right, cool. Just do the curriculum as stated as we write it out. Cool. Hey, man, you're going to be a McDonald's cashier, meaning you're going to be an endangered species because what do we need you for? There's a kiosk now. There's a kiosk here. So, like, if that's the case and we just seen what what what, what folks can do at home, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to end it's going to be less teachers in, at the end of this if they don't get to do the thing that they were supposed to do. But here's the other thing. One way or the we other. Keep, we keep yeah. talking about CRT. Like, it's that shit wasn't in my schools. It wasn't in your school. It was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, listen, it was either. Fam, they've been saying India's until 2005, fam. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we knew it was wrong then. It was yeah. like, wait, but this ain't India. Oh, yeah, homie made a mistake and thought he was in the Indies. And, but this. But, 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 Charles, but, and this is the thing. I want to ask y'all this as it relates to this, right? Right. Why, why would a superintendent even give this life and a response when it's all contrived from the right? Oh, you know why. Come on, and that's you know the part why. that I'm struggling with. Like, well, I don't know why it's a struggle. Listen, like, why, why, why do y'all feel a need to respond to this? Because it's stupid. No. But it's a dog. It's a dog whistle, bro. It's a dog whistle. Absolutely, to, to rally up to rally up your troops, right? I, Ray, I'm gonna give it. I, you the star on this one, brother. So let me get this out the way so you can go. 
yeah. you need to spring for this. <laughs> the reason why they do it, bro, is that they felt like they was losing a lot of control. They was losing a lot of stuff. Trump was hard on white folks, bro. Like this Trump era, like folks is taxing them. Every time there is a president, the opposite party activists show out. They do stuff and activists on the super, super left been showing out. And these people said, well, we don't. In a think tank somewhere, they said, how are we going to get this back? Well, if we start, people don't know what CRT is, but we know it sounds dangerous. And the examples that they give is they show a black person somewhere talking about kill whitey and saying that that's CRT. And like, if you in Iowa, if you in Idaho, if you're on the other side of Kentucky, you're like, well, I don't. I don't think that. Why would they? I'm not a monster. I didn't do that, right? You know what I'm saying? And then it's making people kind of, because here's the one thing that I would say, Dr. Simmons, and I think you know, and I'm going to shut up and give it to Ray because I think Ray will have a better answer. If you study this, I studied this as an undergrad. I keep coming back to this Tommy Frank book or What's the Matter with Kansas? You can keep white people poor in this country as long as they know that socially they are above black people. And that's the truth. So don't care about I don't care about my trailer park as long as the ghetto is worse. I don't care about hey, hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. real quick, real quick, real quick. You. real quick. I know, I know, I know, no, I know, but I want you to repeat the answer because I want to cut this and I want you to have the whole screen. Oh, yeah. cut this. Yo, yo, just just repeat. Cool. Hey, go ahead. Listen, fam, we just live in a time, and I, as somebody who lived in Paducah, I had I grew up with really really poor white friends. So Paducah is almost like a concentric circle. In the very middle is black. Right outside of that is the poor white people, and then some spaces out is cast that own horses. Okay, it's the rich white people. You don't have the white people uprising as long as I know socially I am above black and brown people. And so if I can if I can get all these people back on my side around this thing and bring us back together, then we can get them out of here. And then it's like, well, who's going to be the next people to join in this white race? See, this is this is what they don't want you to know about history. I was born in Chicago. Chicago had a real strong history of Italian-Americans. When Italian-Americans got to this country, they was called all kind of stuff. They was the niggas when they came, the way the Irish was before them and all that. But guess what? White folks said it's more it's more of these people coming and it's less of us. How do we get them in? And they negotiated. Bank of America used to be the Bank of Italy. And Italian said, and our guy Columbus needs to get some love. It was a mm-hmm. negotiation of whiteness. You know who's not getting a negotiation of whiteness? Black people. Unless you're one of these black pundits that want to be over there and be with them, and that's fine, right? You know what I'm saying? And you see this a lot in the Latino community. And if you check out our show on Fridays, we talk about it. Yeah. It's there are some Latino folks that said, no, no, I'm not, I'm I'm white. You call me white. That's why when you look on those tests, it says Hispanic, not white. All right. Like it's a real thing. And there are people as dark as me in the Dominican Republic. If you call them black, they're going to be ready to put hands on you and they're going to say I'm white. And white folks is afraid, man, that they're not about to be the majority. Go look at go look in California. Anyway, Mexicans live everywhere now. You know what I'm saying? And they worried about this stuff. So there is a reason for this is what critical thinking is. It's to ask why. What for people that need to understand it's at least one extra question of why. That is critical thinking. Well, why is this now a thing? Right. Why is CRT the thing when it ain't even in schools like that? Hmm? All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ray. You uh, probably didn't get a good cut of that, but no, it is what it is. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, you gave me a lot of material, bro. And trust me, I'm, I'm going to get it out there. But so so here, here, here's the thing uh, to, to uh, Dr. Simmons' question, right? Is that the reason why he's doing this is because he knows how to count, Right. And so if you're a superintendent of schools, mm-hmm. you know who's on your board, right? Mm-hmm. You know those people intimately because right. you're having back, 
you're having backdoor conversations with those folks in terms of where they stand on issues, right? Mm. So he's not even necessarily even speaking for himself right now. He's more than likely speaking for his board because that's a volatile issue, right? And so he would definitely have to have some kind of undergrid of clearance in order to go on record and even say what it is he's saying. So he's doing what's in his best interest in terms of like, I know that I have this amount of board members that are going to swing this way. And I know that I have less amount of board members that are going to swing the other way. So either way, I can do whatever the hell I want because I'm covered by knowing how to count my votes. So well, he definitely didn't count them because on, on that board, it's like uh, 11 people and they're probably maybe two people of color and the rest are white women. Every single one of them. There you go. So you talking five, seven, eight of the people on the board. And so if you were to have a vote of eight, three for something that he needed, do this article gets him that eight, three majority that he needs to get shit done. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So. And, this, and I'm glad we got Dr. Simmons on. Good job with that, Ray, because he got the Detroit glasses on right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I done seen Royce the Five Nine pull up in them, man. You don't listen. You don't play with these Detroit cats out here. Yeah, I can man, say Royce that as five to Royce Five Nine, man. I love that dude. So I love man, that dude. Big shine. But, but so we so we're talking about K. We're talking about, we're talking about K twelve. Doc, we got you on the show, man. What what the hell is going on in higher ed? That that's that's the question. So, <laughs> you already know my story. As a, as a former tenured professor, right? I can tell you who, mine. Who is now, you know, still, you know, writing and and you, uh, over crazy amount of sites on Google uh, Scholar or whatever, and still putting out work monthly. Uh, you know, uh, a, a dissertation chair for 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 several uh, folks, um, sir. When you guys get these kids as freshmen and they're not prepared, what should higher ed do? Listen, first of all, I'm one of the few cats that quit a tenure job and walked away because, oh, see, people trying to uh, get get us to out the superintendent. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who it is anyway. So, y'all, I don't, I don't follow no education news. I'm terrible for this show. Uh, <laughs> They're going to fire me at some point. It's coming. <laughs> but um, in higher ed, the thing for me is, is that I used to have this conversation with faculty where they would always have these complaints and we would have these faculty meetings about, well, these these kids X, Y and Z. They can't learn. They can't write, blah, 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 blah. And I would always say to them. But this ain't school. This is education. And they're like, what? And part of the problem is that you get a bunch of people, right? I'm going to get into trouble, but that's fine. Um, you get, you got a bunch of people and Charles, you'll appreciate this, right? You get a bunch of people in higher ed who ain't never had no real fucking job. They okay. go from undergrad to doctoral degree. And then all of a sudden they ain't never been trained in pedagogy and how to teach they just got, they just paid a lot of money to have three funky letters after their name. They wrote a very long paper. And then all of a sudden they show up and they they don't know how to teach and educate young folks who come to us as academics and people on faculty as partially filled vessels. 
Mm. Right. And so I think that higher ed has that. And the other thing is, and this is what I always tell uh, first year students. Right. And I don't I don't teach um, in the undergrad program and I haven't taught undergrads in a long time. But one of the things I always say whenever they hit me up, because inevitably the black students will hit me up. Like, you don't know me, but somebody told me that I should talk to you. (laughs) That's usually how it works. Right. That's how it goes. Yeah. And so, and so I, they said to me, well, I'm, I'm in this biology class and it seemed like the professor ain't really teaching so everybody can learn. And here's the thing. Right. And I tell tell young cats all the time and we'll tell parents who are preparing to send their kids to college. These entry level like bio 101 chemistry, many of those courses are built and the faculty oftentimes take pride in the number of students that either don't pass or drop out. And they're okay with that. And the university won't put a stop to that. Right. And it's deeply problematic. It's unethical and immoral. And this is why when people say, fuck higher ed, I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z, or I'm going to go get a trade or certificate or whatever, whatever. And there's a lack of accountability for higher education, like in K-12. Because again, if they, if higher ed had the numbers that we saw in Oakland Unified Schools, which many universities do for black and brown young folks at these predominantly white institutions, man, they would have closed the doors 10 years ago. But guess what? They got five, $600 million endowment, so they get to keep their doors open and keep pimping black and brown people as we send our kids to these institutions. And I'm naming my institution as part of the problem, right? Like many of these PWIs haven't figured it out and and again, I just think it's so problematic because folks in higher ed love to critique what's going on in K twelve, but higher ed never wants to be critiqued. F. And that, but and, and Rob, man, listen, Doctor Rob, you hitting I'm, it, and this is the thing. Right? I'm not naming my institution, but here, 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 I'll name mine: San Francisco fucking state. So, like, here's what I'll say, and I love I love SF State for like the history, right? We started ethnic studies and all that stuff, and and all, also. Normally, you'd be hard pressed to find a tenured professor that's like teaching and grading undergrad. That's what doctoral students is for. What is you talking about? That's what grad students is for. You, that's how you pay your dues. So I definitely had a few uh, undergrad classes that I that I had. But here's what happened in my program. You know, it was a program that they put because in San Francisco they put uh, <laughs> they got to put. Uh, What's one of the little buzzwords? Equity. So this the this the educational leadership and equity program, right? But it's a program that's made for white people. It's really made for white women. But I was a part of the blackest cohort to ever at that time, right? So the black and brown people, like, why are we? Re- what are we reading? Like, and what it felt like is that the white folks had lab cat lab coats on, and we was lab rats. They was learning about black people and brown people for the first time to the point where when we're having a debate. They start crying and getting scared, and that, that felt aggressive. It's like, wait a second, this is the safest place you're gonna ever be to talk about these issues. What's gonna happen when you actually in a K twelve urban district? They done gave you a superintendent job because now it's doctor so and so, and you ain't used to black people. All you gonna do is perpetuate the same stigmas and 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 kicking kids out that you see here when you're afraid of somebody with three more three other degrees just like you is pushing back on something that you said that was stupid. So I mean that's that's but I'm just saying like that's what happens you know what I'm saying and like bro this, this is 
I'm just surprised by all of this. And this is why I'm surprised at it, right? Just with this whole CRT talk and all this stuff, man, we got to just get back on code. What is our code? See, we wouldn't be looking for love in all these places if we was just operating on code. And what that means is if I'm on code, I know how to use a racist. Yeah. I know how to use this. I don't, we not, we ain't best friends. Listen, man, I'm from Oakland. I'm not going to say this because it's not going to come out right here, man. But you learn from you learn from a different. I, I just learned a lot of life lessons from the seedier side of life that included drug dealers, pimps and prostitutes. Right. And like, but those people be on code for stuff. And again, I'm not going to disrespect like the place where I grew up. This is not a negative thing for them, but they was giving you a lot of game, man. Like you got to just know what's on the menu. And if you don't know what's on the menu, you got to know that you own the menu like that. That's you right. just have to understand that's it. Right. But this, that, but that's this, all that but is. this is the key to higher education. What I say to doctoral students and young faculty members. Right. You can't go into higher ed and believe anything they tell you about why they recruited to you to that role. What you got to understand is this. This shit is chess, not checkers. Mm-hmm. And right. if you start playing checkers, you fucked up in the game. <laughs> right? It's true. And, and, and so what I would always say to cats, man, like, look, I was the third, second or third black man to ever get tenure at Loyola University, Maryland. And one of the things I calculated was, OK, let me figure out what's important to you. Right. And for me, I understood why I was at the institution. I was there because I wanted the freedom to raise my son and take go. him to school. That was it. I just wanted the freedom to be able to take him, pick him up and like be dead because that ain't what I got because my old man was locked up. So I was like, I can do that. But the one thing I figured out was, OK, these are the percentages that you're going to count for 10 publications, meeting, service and teaching. Man, I had that shit down to a science. Here's how many meetings I can miss and still get myself tenure based on the number of grants and publications that I need. Man, I used to skip faculty meetings like it was nobody's business. And people are like, well, Simmons wasn't at the faculty meeting. Yeah, but I just brought in a grant for million dollars. The university gets the indirect costs, which keeps the lights on up in this piece. So guess what? I ain't coming to the next meeting either. Because guess what? I'm playing chess. You're playing checkers by going to the damn faculty meeting all the time. And so I think this code that Dr. Cole is talking about is so important for us as black folks to understand the code in all of these institutions. Right. Uh And without understanding that code, man, it's a wrap. And again, I walked away from a tenured gig was like, no, I'm I'm good because. I don't but think it's because you knew your, but it's because you knew your why, right? And and, yeah. and this is what I would tell all my parents: What do you need from this K twelve institution? That's right. Like, what do you need? And again, I don't, I'm not the person that always says this is the 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 academic article you should read. But there's an article by Acom, and he talks about these girls from the Nation of Islam who were mm. super oppositional. They talk about oppositional culture, but those those girls were the strongest performers performers in that K twelve school. And it wasn't that they believed what them people was telling them. They was getting educational who they were at home and at the mosque. And then they and they but they knew that they this was a key to get them to the next thing that they wanted to do. When I got my doctorate, I knew what I was going to do with it. Like I like most people go into that program and the goal is the degree. No, no, no. The goal is just that the doctorate is just a key to let me walk through other doors that I want to walk through, because this is what I know. I did it as soon as I did it. There was an article that I wrote 10 years prior for the Huffington Post. I took it down. I graduated and put it right back up. I didn't change a word. The only thing that changed is said it was written by Dr. Charles Cole. And 
30 times the people, 30 X the people was talking about how brilliant it was. I wrote that shit like before, like I finished my MPA. That was like over a decade ago. But the point is, is that there's a lot of posturing and there's a lot of people. The emperor's, the emperor's new clothes is the best book that you can ever read. People, mm. the, the best, the question you're going to get as soon as you finish, Ray, is what are you reading? I don't know why they ask you that shit, but that's what people like to ask people with doctorate degrees. And I say, you know about the best thing? The emperor has no clothes. For the people out there that don't know, I'll do this in 30 seconds. There were some sh- some swindlers that came into town, and you got all this town full of insecure dopes, and he saw the uh, the advisor to the to the king and he said hey man guess what i got this amazing beautiful silk that only those worthy of their position can see well he was already insecure so he said oh i can see it too you can cool he gets it to the king the king meets with the people he tells them the same thing the king don't want people to know he's not that he he got you know i'm nervous i don't think i'm really doing this job well so then he jumps on in like, don't y'all see my beautiful clothes? And then all his staff and then all the people say, I see this beautiful robe. He just swinging the whole time, the whole time. And you know what it took? It took some kids to say, hey, bro, you naked. You are naked. America is naked. This educational system is naked. And if this moment in time where people that are supposed to teach you the most basic things can't even get it right around what a term means and what happens and are weaponizing it against you. You need to know that you might have been swindled, and if you're wearing this guard, you might be naked too. Put some damn clothes on. <laughs> hey, listen, before we get up out of here, man, I want to I want to pull this uh play this video real quick. It's about 30 seconds, but uh it's hungry. you know it's about to be another show. Go ahead. You know we go it's gonna take us into another show. I want to see it. It's- to paint all white people as inherently racist. Do you I mean do you believe that? Do you believe all white people are inherently racist? <sighs> so I don't know if you're backing me into a corner with that question, but yes, I I do. Uh, I do believe that all white people are at some level, at the unconscious level, connected to racism. It's unavoidable. I think all men are sexist at some level. I think that that is absolutely the case. But you said that Herbert Marcuse was a critical race theory. That's theorist. That's simply untrue. That's ahistorical and inaccurate. Um, Anyway, I got to. Yo, bro, the part for me was. What the part for you? Wait. Did you see him take the wait, wait, but but the whole the whole clip, he was like, I gotta go. <laughs> He's like, I'll bring you back on, but right now I gotta go. I gotta take commercials. <laughs> yeah. That but that it's the thing, bro. It's like, and look, man, there's some things I agree with Mark on my hill on. There's some things I don't. And actually, he was actually one of a player that helped me get through my doctoral program and graduate. Yeah. Uh, I used some of his stuff and he talked to me when I needed to talk to him. He probably don't remember, but it was it was helpful. But but this is the thing. The beauty of it is I don't have to agree with every single thing you say. But the, the, but this is the right. thing, bro. Critical thinkers, they're not dealing in education, right? They dealing in ratings. And like, this is the thing, like ratings mean money and advertise. All this stuff is about money, man. All this stuff is if we really cared about education. When I showed you all these stats earlier, that's been perpetuated for 50 for however many years. A through G has been there and even other stuff before then. They would have burned it down if it was really about education. None of it's about education. You need in a in this government with the way our wealth system is set up. You need poor people for the system to work. 
Okay, you just do. You need, <laughs> you just need it. And, and 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 as long as we got a public education system that don't care what happens to black and brown kids and poor kids and kids with disabilities and all that stuff, because the top creme de la creme sending their kids to the best. How Oakland got the, some of the worst public schools and some of the best private schools in the world in the same city? How does that work? Because of money, man. And you got to start asking two more questions. That's all. That's our homework tonight. Just ask two more questions than what you normally would ask. And I promise you, you're going to learn some stuff that you never thought you'd learn. Absolutely. And these people ain't your friends. You're not trying to date none of these people. Okay. If Randy say some shit that I agree with, I'm a, I'm going, I'm going to say what I want to say. And if somebody on this, on this reform side, say something I like, I'm going to say what I want to say. And if they say something I don't like, I'm going to say it because I'm a fucking human. I'm an individual. I don't belong to none of these gangs. All right. I grew up around gangs. This is gang shit. Anything that tells me I got to be on your side before I hear what the hell you say is stupid. And if you say that to me, you're going to lose me and I'm going to use you for what I need the way you're using me. But it's cool because we're using each other. So y'all use each other in peace. <laughs> Simmons, where you, where, you, where's your thoughts on, on the Mont Ma- 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 Hill video? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I just found it amusing because uh, aside from what y'all named, I just like how he masterfully navigated the question around, are you, are you saying that all uh, white people are racist? I, I don't think people would, would, I don't know that everybody followed the way in which he answered it. Because he addressed the systemic ways in which whiteness show up um, as opposed to this individual thing that people try to accuse critical race theorists of. And, and, you know, I'm an unapologetic critical race theorist. I teach class on critical race theory as a theoretical framework. It was a framework for my dissertation. So, like, you know, I've appreciated these conversations. I appreciated the conversation y'all had must have been last week or the week before with uh, Dr. Dixon and uh, Marvin Lynn. Um, and it's, so... It's, and so did 10,000 other people. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, that's that's what's up, man. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I've had Dr. Lynn in my class uh, last year. Got Adrian on a, uh, on a, another webinar next week. I um, mean, it's actually a dope uh, cat that I would encourage folks to look at, listen to. Um, and he's at a law professor at Georgetown and he, he's a white guy. He writes a lot about critical race there. I can't remember his name, but he did a dope op-ed that essentially said all these people are proving critical race theorists right, um, with this argument that they're uh, making. I had to find his, uh, information and send it to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, so we're, we're going to closing thoughts, uh, and, uh, and, uh, Dr. Sam, we'll, we'll start with you, sir. Closing thoughts, which you want people to know how people can find you on social media, all that. And thank you so much because I got some feedback last week that I didn't thank our guests last week. And so thank you, sir, for coming and kicking it. <laughs> we appreciate you. Oh, man. Ray, you be, I appreciate you. Hey, y'all, y'all should love Ray because Ray be listening to y'all feedback. Like, Ray be on it. Now, me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just appreciate y'all, man. What y'all already know, um, I got a lot of respect for what y'all do. Um, and uh, the hands is like, you know, my thing. Uh, you know, check out uh, at Robert underscore Simmons three. Uh, check out our podcast as a part of the A Black Hands family uh, with Three Times Dope. Uh, we're going to attempt to do an episode uh, first Tuesday of August that is going to be with the all Latinx uh, collection of people. And I'm trying to work on getting the 2021 uh, Latinx, uh, 2021 Teacher of the Year, who's the first uh, Lat- 
Dino Teacher of the Year since 2005 to join us next or the first Tuesday of August. So that's what's coming down the pike with uh, three times dope. That's what's up. Hey Charles, I'm trying to I'm trying to get on your show again, man, because I'm yeah. looking at stats and it's it's looking like 98% of folks don't really like that Latin X thing. And I want to come and kick it with your with your with your guys with Castillo and yo. I want to come kick it, man. I, I, oh, you I like come, come on through. Like yeah, come on through. And we we yeah. we will be changing it soon. I couldn't hear you for a second, so if I missed something, my bad. But we changed it to the South Star Classroom, and the, and the concept of that is mm. brown folks have a history with the South, the Southwest, you know, with with Texas and California and Mexico and going down. And black folks, we got a history with the South just through slavery. So we just build out these principles of if we were consultants, what would the South Star classroom look like? What aspects would it have? Hmm. And critical thinking is going to be a big part of that. And so is agency. But um, but no, nah, man, just in my final thoughts, Ray, I think it was a good show. I want to shout out Chris uh, for, for, you know, he covered me on something else where we need to be. And I'm covering for us here uh, again, y'all. Ray busted his butt to make this happen. Don't be mad when he like chilling. They're like, where was Charles and Ray? It's like they was drunk out their mind in Miami. And y'all need to give us one night. Let me live. God damn it. Um, so uh just in this, Dr. Simmons, thank you so much for being here. And I did not say that because it was the feedback. I just want to thank y'all in this feedback. There's a lot of feedback for free. Y'all get a lot of stuff for free. I love y'all, but damn. Um, but what I will say this is what happened with Sharif and Chris right here what I will say is um, with this whole thing man again unless you got jumped into one of these gangs and they know where your mama stay I think you should be a free thinker I think that you should do what works for you and what works for your family and I think that sometimes the people that you don't like are going to say things that you agree with and the people that has been rocking with you are going to say some stuff that you don't like now what is your code for dealing with it what is your code? Like, I don't like seeing black people in the education space publicly going at people. I think it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? I don't enjoy that at all. Um, what is our code with how we deal with each other? And we do have to have modified codes because there is not that many of us in the positions of power. So they need to divide and conquer. They need to do those things. See, it's enough white people to go around where they can do this back and forth, where they can play these games. They, they, they got powerful positions. And guess what? The two main white people you probably going to see fighting and arguing with each other. I promise you that when they when doors is closed, they, they have a certain level of civility towards each other. I promise you that it happens. That's how people the same way fans get mad when like a Boston person gets traded to the Yankees. They like, look, I play in the MLB, bro. <laughs> I'm going wherever they send me. You know what I'm saying? So you need to know where you stand. Stop over. Stop over-assuming your importance in these people's lives. Stop thinking that these people care about you and stop needing them to care about you. You need them to do their job. You need them to be on their square. And that's what you need to demand. You don't need a hug. Get a f- partner if you want a hug. In this, you need justice and you need people to do their damn job. And when they're not doing that, take issue with that and leave the emotion out of it. And let's keep rocking, man. Let's keep moving. We have to play chess because these people, we we, we playing Frisbee right now and getting mad that we ain't winning. And it don't make sense. We arguing. I'm tired of seeing black, brilliant people every time they get in front of a camera have to talk about CRT. I'm not a CRT person. That's not what I that is not what I went to school for. I read it. I did it. But I do other stuff. But if we keep letting white people put us in a position where we got to defend right. our humanity and our race at every turn, well, who you think went out of that? Right. Thank y'all for being. Thank y'all for having me. Ray, right. take <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> so so listen, I, uh, after those final those two final thoughts, man, I really don't have much. Uh, but what I will say is, folks, the show is starting to bang out. We got uh, we got our last three shows with ten thousand views on Facebook. Probably about forty thousand views in total on all of our various platforms. So we're starting to take off. So listen, if I start acting funny, y'all know why. Because when we was doing this for free, I ain't really show no love. And shout out to our patrons. We are not talking to y'all. Y'all are y'all are great. Yeah, yeah. everybody is great, but we appreciate y'all. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, listen, bro, I got off a train, okay? I took a train from DC to Baltimore, had to find a place to get a haircut, left a meeting, because I was like, I can't let Ray do the show by itself today. All right, like I appreciate you. We rock with y'all, man. Y'all better, man, y'all better act like it, man. You feel me? Dr. Simmons, I, I know you like who is this cat? I this is the first time we don't really got to really hang out, bro. So I'm glad you I'm glad you was here, man. Yeah. I appreciate y'all, man. Folks, we'll see y'all next week. Maybe. <laughs> Peace out. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands Podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stuart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.